Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts that guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by sponsors like Johnsonville Foods, SwineWeb.com, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, the manufacturers of Hoghearth, and SwineTech, the award-winning creator of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how you can reduce piglet crushing and your overall pre-winning mortalities by nearly 25%, visit SwineTechnologies.com. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're going to be talking about equipping your teams for optimizing performance. Joining us is Mr. John Hook. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Matt. Thanks for the opportunity. It's great to have you on. Excited to talk about your involvement in the industry and everything that you have been doing over these past couple of years to help the industry take that next giant leap forward. And so I really appreciate your time today. Yeah, it's it's an honor to be here and uh, really appreciate following uh, Popular Pig and following uh, swine tech. So it, uh, um, yeah, it's definitely an honor to be here. So would you mind explaining how you got involved with the swine industry and, and what your careers looked like up to this point? Sure. Sure. I, um, I, uh, grew up in, I'll go kind of way back, but I, I grew up in the Chicagoland area. I was a city kid and I fell in love with, uh, farming in general agriculture through my, uh, inspired by my grandfather in uh, Western Michigan. And, um, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, so I got a different, little different perspective on on agriculture as I as I came into it, and um, fell in love with pigs on a high school summer job in Northwest Iowa. And seems like uh, anybody who's passionate about pigs ends up finding it in Iowa. But uh, uh, fell in love with pigs in Iowa. Um, Graduated in 86 with a uh, production degree and in 88 started uh, farming with a group of partners in um, DeMott, Indiana. <clears throat> uh, had uh, uh, farm for about 10 years, feral to finish, uh, 600 sows. Had a small consulting business as well. And then uh, in 97, I um, sold my farm and, and went into uh, start as a production trainer with uh, Belster Milling and uh, ended up uh, with a 20-year career at Belster Milling and, and left in 2017 to pursue some entrepreneurial activities. And um, that's what landed us today in, in uh, Summit Smart Farms. So what do you do with Summit Smart Farms? So Summit Smart Farms is a uh, continuation of a group of companies uh, to uh, in in the agricultural construction world to uh, uh, optimize and to look for future value in uh, business models uh, in protein production. So uh, behind Summit Smart Farms is uh, about a two hundred million dollar construction uh, portfolio in eggs, uh, pork dairy and beef 
And um, the owner of uh, those companies and I got together to form a company to look for how to create unique value in protein production. And that very quickly led us to a number of conversations with uh, top 40 and uh, really a cross section of the industry in both eggs and, and pork on the need to equip people. Uh, it seems like every meeting you go to, there's a conversation about labor as one of the biggest challenges. And then the, uh, the integration of technology into protein agriculture. And so um, that really defined our mission and our vision. Uh, our, our, our mission is to equip people and to optimize, uh, optimize performance and, and through technology. And so we can't, uh, it's hard to incorporate technology if people aren't equipped. And, and so uh, we really think that our hedgehog conference our hedgehog concept is to bring those two together uh, to increase and to better business performance so when we look at all of this, this and equipping companies and people a big part of that is uh, really the coming disruptions in business models and, and i know that's something that that interests you and i'm curious what are you, what are your thoughts about the coming disruptions of business models within the swine industry yeah i you know i've, I've been influenced uh, by a book called Digital Transformation. And I've always had a fascination with technology, with um, whether it's genetics or, or um, uh, electronics or uh, remote monitoring, those types of things. And, and as we look at um, where we're headed with digital transformation, um, I often wonder what, what's that going to do to agriculture? And we're already seeing uh, uh, snippets of that today. You know, Swine Tech is one. Uh, some of these other companies that are are, are building, uh, you know, IoT sensors and remote sensors and things like that. But um, we're really seeing it in outside of agriculture. Um, since 2000, uh, 52% of Fortune 500 companies have been acquired, merged, or bankrupts, bankrupt. Bankrupt. Um, 40% of the companies that exist today uh, will probably shutter operations within the next 10 years because of disruption. Um, new business models are popping up like uh, Uber and Lyft, and some of those same technologies will be able to be utilized in agriculture. And so I really feel that there is going to be a major disruption in protein agriculture over the, over the coming years. And, um, I want, we want to prepare people for that. We want to prepare companies for that and um, through technology. And it, it, uh, it's, it's hard to integrate it today. It's, it's new, it's interesting, and, but um, that, is, that is going to be a challenge for companies in, in the future. So to stay ahead of the curve, companies are going to have to think different. What do you think it's going to have to happen to stay ahead of the curve? What are solutions going to look like? I think solutions are going to are, are definitely uh, data is going to be the new currency, and not just the harvesting. We're doing a great job today of harvesting data, 
Uh, we've, we, we are, we're doing a pretty decent job of getting some remote access to the insides of, of facilities, but what to do with that data has always been the problem. That's one of the things when we had one of our initial uh, meetings as far as, you know, what does this industry need for the future? It's every, every person that was in attendance said, we have the data, it's here, what do we do with it? And so I think innovation in analytics and prescriptive workflow, predictive workflow um, will all be uh, the business models that disrupt in the future. And tying the human element to it, uh, we often have a saying in our, in our shop that um, we want to have human assisted production. And I'll give you an example. I, I had the privilege of uh, taking a shipment of uh, nucleus level pigs to Thailand for PIC. And on the leg from uh, Anchorage to uh, Bombay, India, uh, the pilot was sitting back and, and talking with my wife and I. And after about a half an hour of that conversation, I asked him, who's flying the plane if you're standing there? And he said, oh, I have the plane on autopilot. He says, a human can't react fast enough. It's, it's a much smoother ride if I put it on autopilot. And that got me thinking that um, sometimes the machine can supplement the human in ways um, that actually will enhance the quality of production, that will de-risk um, mistakes. And, and, you know, we think that's, that's, that's part of the future, is how do we take this technology that will allow us visibility, that will allow us an understanding of our value propositions at a much deeper level and and be able to really individualize our our animal care and our animal welfare um, and our decisions while yet allowing us to to manage the scale that that these these businesses have grown to be so you had mentioned predictive and prescriptive workflows what do you mean by that you know i think uh i'll i'll, I'll I'll borrow one of our core values, if you want to call it that, at Summit Smart Farms is to look outside of agriculture. And my friends and my partners in, in manufacturing technology have been using prescriptive and predictive analytics in machine operation. Uh, for instance, uh, have a very close friend that that operates um, within the steel industry and they have multiple thousands of uh, sensors on blast furnaces to predict when the protective shell degrades enough that they can go in and replace it without idling the plant for long periods of time in a, in a breakdown. And so uh, it's things like that. How do we, um, it's, it's deploying technologies that predict health breaks, that predict um, uh, disruptions in growth or uh, disruptions in, in mortality. And um, we're doing that in the manufacturing setting and we're also, uh, we're getting there on, on, the, uh, on, the, on the protein side and on the live animal side. 
Gotcha. So one thing I kind of want to dive into is equipping human capital. When we look in at, at agriculture, we've been a little slow in adopting industrial psychology. I feel as though most of the employees on these farms truly want the very best for the company and the very best for themselves. And it's a challenge. What are some of the things that, that companies should be thinking of, or whether that's, I guess, strength-based assessments or other types of, of goal setting? What, what do you recommend? Sure. Companies start to pay a little bit more. Yeah, and we we really um, were exposed to the science and the uh, industrial psychological principles through our first research project uh, that we did a, um, oh, a couple years ago, and and the the validity and the utility of general mental ability testing. In the ability to predict performance was really eye-opening for us. And it was a study, I believe, in 95 done by Smith and Hunter. And that's the title of the paper, The, um, the Utility and Validity of uh, General Mental Ability Testing, which led us to, uh, to incorporating into our brand a, 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 a piece of software called uh, uh, Cloverleaf, which takes all of the major human assessments and coalesces them into uh, one dashboard with, with interactive uh, insights on, on your, on your uh, personality style, your, your strength, uh, strengths and things like that. And so we have not adapted that very um, readily in, in agriculture. And and so we see this as a huge opportunity to improve cultures on farms. I think what, what we, we see has happened, um, companies have grown from, from uh, small entities into large scaled enterprises. And when you take a, a, a large integrator that may have uh, sow farms scattered all over the United States, many of these sow farms are equivalent to small businesses. They have uh, small main street type businesses, they have five, 10, in the case of 10,000 South Farms, you have 35 employees in there, 30 to 35. So you have not only the macro culture of the organization, but you have a subculture or a micro culture within each individual farm. We think that that is a huge opportunity for unlocking performance because we often promote people into leadership positions who have been good pig people without uh, leadership training, without self-awareness training, without um, strength-based uh, training. And, and, and it's so inexpensive, and yet it has so much impact on the overall performance of business. McKinsey and Company, um, in one of their uh, um, quarterly newsletters talked about the role of organizational health and business performance and uh, companies that have strong and high organizational health have three times better chance of survival. Uh, and so when you look at disruptive business models and you look at wanting to be uh, one who, who uh, can survive some of those disruptive disruptive business models, we think the first place you got to start is developing a robust culture in these in these barns. And I often equate it, Matt, I often equate it, uh, you know, we're, we as an industry do remarkable things. We feed the world, which 
is more than a cliche. And as a farmer at heart, and I know you're the same way, you never ever get tired of seeing pigs being born, of seeing uh, sows becoming uh, good pre pregnancy rates, seeing a, 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 a barn of healthy wean to finish pigs is you can never get tired of looking at that. And so we have so much, so much satisfaction in what we do. And sometimes I don't think we provide uh, environments that allow other people to appreciate that. And, and, uh, and so deployment of some of these tools we think is, is essential to get uh, good business performance. That's a really good point. For people listening too, there's uh, another podcast called The Big Joy Theory. We brought on Tomer Yogev out of Chicago, who is a strength-based coach as well. And so there's a much deeper focus on it there. But it's very interesting to kind of talk about strength-based leadership. I mean, even this past week, my sister asked for help in writing a recommendation or a, a letter for an internship. And she had strengths on there that were pretty cliche. And I asked her, well, yeah. do you know your strengths? I paid $20, got her on a strength finders, took an exam, and she realized what her top five strengths, analytical, arranger, competitive, competition, um, and, and significance. And when you start to understand what are your five core strengths, am I right that you can understand what buckets you need to fill in your day-to-day -day and, and, and how you should be looking at what you, what you surround yourself with? Absolutely. And, and it, it drives everything. You know, we spend so much time in agriculture measuring everything that happens on the farm, whether it's uh, how many tenths of a pound of feed go in, uh, temperatures, monitoring, we're getting into you know remote monitoring, we're, we, we measure everything, but do, we don't have performance monitors on humans. And that's our vision is how do we develop scoreboards and a performance monitor that dovetails with the other business, uh, the other sides of the business, I, we always call it the 100% rule. The human impacts 100% of every aspect of your farm. Feed, water, air, uh, the human is, is involved in it. Its impact is, is on that. You can't deploy technology unless you have humans equipped. You can't You can't execute good genetic improvement programs or good genetic uh, production strategies unless the human is equipped you you can't you, you've got to equip the human and so today I don't believe we're underutilizing the measurements that we can have on the human side and so one of the things that we're developing uh, it's in conjunction with um, Arm and Hammer because Arm and Hammer has recognized the value of culture and they've done a lot of work on the dairy side, and that's what kind of prompted some of our our uh, thought process. But um, we're we're building a product called Benchmark Plus, and Benchmark Plus is not your traditional benchmarking program, but it it takes the digital transformation attributes of Cloverleaf and another product called by Human Synergistics called the Organizational Cultural Index. And we're going to incorporate it into a, or we're going to synthesize it with production, HR, and um, human analytics. And so our purpose 
in that is is to make visible the value of organizational health. How does that impact the business from a production standpoint, from an HR standpoint? And an example of that, Matt, would be, you know, what what does turnover do to your cost per pig on a breed to wean site? What does turnover do, or what does absenteeism do to the cost per pig on a breed to wean site? And so um, next spring we'll be, um, seeking out research uh, farms that would be interested in um, participating in that uh, study to to put some quantification to uh, organizational health. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating how expensive it can be. I was actually just this week going over some National Hog Farmer articles that talked about labor turnover with farmhands management uh, as well as mortalities. When you pull mortalities and labor turnover all into one pool, on a global scale, you're talking in excess of 30 some billion dollars in potential losses. Yep. And that's a macro perspective because you, you can't get country by country. That's $462 a sow a year in losses and opportunity of gaining value. Yep. It's significant. That's what's going to pay for innovation. And, um, you know, you look at, and you bring up a great point, you look at the, the variation in production, even within the U.S., there is so much money on the table in these areas. And, and I, I guess that's, you know, the, the human side is why we think that is so important in, in this discussion, because the human affects, to a degree, variation. And um, are they equipped? Do they know what do they know what's expected of them? Um, uh, we are really focusing as well on process. Uh, you got to build the right culture so you can drive process, rigor, discipline. Um, you know, one of our recent hires was a uh, an expert in um, organizational optimization, um, industrial uh, engineering, and. So we're bringing in people that are outside of ag and have experience in deploying or we're coupling them with, with our team members who are within ag and have experience to, to take what, what the, the world has done outside of ag and, and, and deploy it in agriculture. And uh, we think that the, the whole process management um, side of things is, is another opportunity to, to drive some of that waste or, or uh, underutilization out of the out of the business. So what will it like what will it look like to train people for the adaptation of technology? How do we merge automation and, and great team culture? Yeah, you know, I think I think it's pretty it I think it's pretty fundamental. Um, uh, the 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 on onboarding programs, the training programs are often kicked to the side. There's no doubt we've got issues with availability of labor and um, things like that. And so uh, the recruiting aspect and, and, and finding people is, is a problem. But no matter whether you are doing just mass hirings where you're bringing everybody in or whether you're very strategic in how you hire, and it depends on what level of the organization you're in, 
you never go wrong understanding who those people are. And so I think the first step is through the use of assessments, you are equipped with more information to make good decisions on how you're going to train those, those people. And then I think it sets out with a, uh, a, a training and um, a cognitive ability type training for, uh, you know, the pig production activities, you know, breaking it down in, in the various tasks that are at hand. And, you know, one of the things we always say is that when, when people come to a farm, oftentimes they never know when they're going to go home. And so creating some expectations of uh, what the workday is like and being able to process map out all of the tasks on a farm so that you can do resource planning and, um, and task management in a way that, that people have some expectations of when, when their workday is going to begin and when their workday is going to end. That, that's what's a little different about us than the industrial um, and manufacturing side. Um, we believe there's great opportunity, Matt, in engineering workflow in these farms um, and then eventually wrapping facilities around that engineered workflow and um, so that it'll, it creates some predictability on the number of hours that's needed to complete the tasks at hand for the day and the number of people that you have available. And I think where technology is going to help us is I think there are going to be some tasks that we're able to displace, hence the term human assisted, so that we can be more efficient with the people that we have. Agreed. I guess what, what, what areas do you see as being the low-hanging fruit for assisting people with um, IoT devices or other sorts of technology? Yeah, I, I think it, it uh, um, things like... Uh, Sound Talks has a, a cough monitoring system that's on 24-7. Um, things like uh, uh, behavioral uh, sensors on uh, whether it's pigs or broilers, um, you know, under, uh, alerting people when things are going wrong uh, without them having to be there. Uh, some of the rote tasks, uh, you know, robotic pressure washing and, and, uh, and, robotic um, uh, pig moving and things like that, I think have some potential, although they're, they're, uh, some of it is further along than others. Um, uh, those are, I think, areas that, that have some potential for replacing uh, some human activity. Um, I, we think there's, there are some facility layout and uh, facility innovation that needs to happen. Uh, if we look at our, some of our wean to finish barns, um, they're pretty similar and have been pretty similar for the last 30 years. Um, some of those innovations may uh, revolve around environment, uh, but uh, we believe that there's, there's some opportunity there as well. Yeah, I think one thing that the industry in some cases does well, but could be, could be better is collaboration collaboration with companies, even on, even on just doing a, a conversation to talk through some of the challenges or potential opportunities. Do you have a lot of startups that are, that are coming up and not as much in the swine industry, but we look at other industries 
an example and not to make things not serious, but I mean, they had a company come out that was putting virtual reality headsets on chickens so that they could feel as though they were out in an open pasture to help improve productivity. Right. And I don't know the realism behind it. I don't even know if that makes sense, but it just sounds goofy. And you really wonder if they were able to connect with a producer to talk through these ideas and really validate whether or not that's a real problem. And yeah. so that connectedness between companies and producers collaborating towards solving problems, I think is something that has to happen for an industry to be successful. You bring up a great point because as, as, as I've spent the last two or three years um, breaking into this, this startup culture and the uh, really the technology and innovation culture, it, it's requiring a different lens for business models and for ecosystems. And so it's going to require an ecosystem. And so you, we may have companies that are competing against each other in one area, but yet working together in other areas. The, the slice of the pie and the nature of this, of, of this digital transformation in, in uh, protein is, is so big that there is going to there's not going to be one person that that can can tackle the uh, the need, and so that collaboration I think is is going to be very important. To be open with data, to be open with data flow is going to be important. Uh, to share ideas on problems that need to be solved uh, is going to be important, and um, I couldn't agree more that. There's going to need to be open and and uh, cross company collaboration. Yeah, and especially in agriculture, it seems like when a really neat or innovative product comes down the line, um, there, there isn't always that collaboration amongst other organizations that could very well be competitors, but could coexist and provide a solution to a producer that that's 10x what it would have been. Yeah. And so I still think there's a lot of fear within the industry and within agriculture as a whole that if you let people in, they're going to take everything and run away. But we're a very tight-knit community. I feel like we have a very good set of values. And if we can get over that trust barrier and work together and collaborate uh, as, an, as an industry, we can go a long ways. Yeah, and I, and I do think that that's probably – there's a bit of a warning in there too – um, for those that do, I think are going to go farther and I think are going to be less, uh, subject to, um, you know, there's, there is, I, I, I can't help but think when I, when I, when I read the disruption that's coming, when I read that we're in an area, we, we could be in an age of mass extinction from a business standpoint, that businesses are going to need to, to react, and I think farms are going to need to react in the same way that the rest of the world is going to need to react on this in this er area of digital transformation. And I don't know what that looks like, but I, I know it's going to be different. And... And it's, it's almost those that, that can adapt and will adapt are going to be the ones that survive. And, um, and um, 
it, it'll be interesting to see uh, how that plays out. But uh, that is a it, it is a means of of uh, ensuring a a good future for for companies. Well, we really appreciate you hopping on and talking through this uh, on the Popular Pig Podcast. Before you uh, sign off here, it'd be great if you could share a golden nugget with the industry and all of our listeners. Uh, what, what's John's golden nugget? Well, I would say, Matt, that um, no matter what the future looks like, and you know the 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 challenges we have i i i really appreciate the agricultural ethos in this country and i think we cannot lose sight of of the fact that our work is very noble and is is very meaningful and has Tremendous, and, and you know the word vocation is is uh, is is defined as being a calling, and I think that the work that we do, the vocational calling that we have, serves a higher purpose in bettering humankind, and and I think that that's something that's um, that's very noble about agriculture. Um, when you look at the pig, and in my days at the at at uh, the pig adventure there at Fair Oaks, where we talked about the contribution of the pig to humankind, uh, it's tremendous. Uh, not only food, but medical, and and within the next ten years, we're probably going to have human organs coming out of pigs. And so, being a part of this industry is incredibly satisfying and really a noble task. And so that's a long nugget, but, um, we love the pig. Yeah. We love the pig and we, we love having you on the show here and, uh, really appreciate your time. Yep. Thank you very much, Matt. Thank you for joining us on this episode of popular pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. Therefore, if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com and subscribe to receive updates when new episodes are available. Today's episode is brought to you by sponsors like SwineTech. Leverage the power of computer vision, voice recognition, and real-time behavioral monitoring to reduce mortalities and labor inefficiencies in the farrowing house. For more information, visit swinetechnologies.com.